The Truck and Driver podcast is sponsored by Snap Account, the all-in-one payment solution for truck parking, washing, tolls and more. Hello and welcome back to the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin, joining me today is Paulo Callahan, who's not been on, I've checked, since the 15th of March. It's been a while, Paul, you've been busy. It has been a while, Dougie, yeah. Busy as always, so... I don't think we'll run short of material to speak about on this one anyway, at least. Plenty of truck-related so, topics. Uh, what have you been up to? You've been all over the place. Um, you managed to squeeze a report on the current issue of Trucking Driver, the May issue, um, where I think you went and did five trips to Europe and squeezed it all into the one report, which yeah. is pretty good going. Somebody asked me, Dougie, uh, they sent me an email and they asked me um, had, had my page count been cut back a bit by the editor because of the fact that I had them squeezed in like that and um, <laughs> <laughs> I said no uh, that was a kind of a conscious decision I made myself just that um, I don't really I don't want to be just you know kind of plowing over all the ground all the time um, just to fill pages without let's say having anything kind of particularly um, standoutish to report on so um, I just don't want don't want people Maybe to be getting a little bit tired of it. Not at all. If you, if you come yeah. to me and say next next month I have got the most epic run of trips ever, can I have eight pages? I'll be like, yes, you can. Just well, let me know a month in advance, and I'm, I can plan for it. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. So that that was kind of why why I did that, um, just to keep it uh, just to maybe keep it brief because I do so many different trips. Um, sometimes to me they can seem they can seem kind of similar, but. Uh, Maybe you know for people who who don't get the opportunity to to travel. Hopefully they're they're still uh, they're still interesting. So since the last time I was think I think I was just about to head off um, with loads of livestock that time. That would have been around yeah I think I headed off on about the fifteenth or sixteenth of April with uh, took cabs from Ireland. I took a load from Ireland down to Spain, and then I did a load from Ireland to Netherlands. So um, that's a pretty busy time of the year for um, for the export of, of dairy uh, of calves from from Ireland. So basically, mainly um, you know bull calves, male calves, which there's not really much of a demand for on on the home market. So um, it's a really busy time from about March up to May. So you'll see lots of lots of different all the ferries are pretty much full. Well, the ferries which are passed to take livestock will be very full, and anybody that has a as a livestock trailer would be in on that busy period so that was that was kind of a nice challenge something i hadn't really done in a while and um anybody that's that's involved in that industry will tell you like calves are, are an awful lot of work uh, in comparison to would say big cattle or or wayman's as we call them here so um you might have why somewhere in so what's that why is that why are the calves what, why are they, are they okay like, well basically they're, they're are they, are they so, naughty are they idiotic or do they pop uh, I, I wouldn't uh, I, well i wouldn't call them idiotic but i'd say i'd say uh young so it's it, it's basically it's like trying to mind children you know um they, they'll be uh they'll take a lot an awful lot more schooling and that's uh compared to <laughs> compared to adults so uh yeah so basically you'll have about maybe 270 per just on a normal articulated trailer obviously a rigid drag will take more but just on an average of about 270 and um over based over three decks so what you do is you load your and then of course you have the step frame trailer you'll have your neck so you'll um you'll that's what have we got then then you've got six different uh loading floors to load up so you'll have to bed them all down with straw before you before you load them so that's about say about two round bales distributed over all those all those decks. So a little, little bit of work involved in that, and then you'll have whatever it is, you know, twenty two or twenty three a pound. It's trying to trying to count them and trying to get them all up because um, they're not really used to. They're, well, they're not used to going going on to trailers, and um, it's, it's all a bit new to them. So um, in comparison to big cattle, you just open a gate and they're they know what's going on. They'll run in like you might have six or seven a pen and bang you have it done really fast but with, with the calves there's an awful lot of work so um that's kind of uh, that's it then you're on the you're on the ferry and, and once you get off the other side then um you have to go straight to uh, so you've you've spent whatever it is like you know 17 hours or something on the ferry and then after that you drive about uh maybe half an hour less and unload them 
go through it all again, unload them, and, and there's at a big layerage there, and there's there's uh, there could be anything up, you know, from a couple of trucks up to ten trucks there, and there's uh, so you multiply that, whatever it is, you know, two fifty or three hundred calves per truck, multiply that by ten, and they all they all go into a big shed where um there's, there's people uh, people there, and they have to make sure that each one of those calves are, are fed, you know, they're fed with a milk um. Mm-hmm. With uh, with a mixed supplement, yeah. So then you leave them for thirteen hours, then load them all back up again and, and bring them to their destination. So it's uh, it's a fair bit of work, but um, I think anybody who does livestock work, you know, finds it fairly rewarding, especially when you get them all to their destination and they all walk off. You definitely feel like you've you've achieved something, or you've um, you know, you're you're pretty happy with with how things have gone. So. That's, that's what I was doing. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like it. It's a, jo- a job which um, comes with a great deal of responsibility. Um, yeah. You know, from this, and it's not just not just when you're on the, on the road either. You've obviously got all that other stuff associated with it. I find all that interesting. It's not something that I've I've ever no. I've, I've ever done or are volunteering to do. No. I know that no. in, in Canada, when I was looking into moving there, they were always looking for livestock drivers um, because that was the hardest thing to get people into the industry for. But it was a different kind of ball game over there. These, the like the um the animals didn't have a very nice life over there, and they could be quite aggressive and, and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. So like animal it, animal welfare standards are very very high in Europe. Of course, of course, very. Uh, Europe is probably one of the highest animal welfare standards. And even when we uh, disembarked the ferry in uh, in Cherbourg, we didn't even get out onto the onto the main road, and there was police motorbikes there who um, kind of chaperoned us all into a little parking area, and there was uh, probably the equivalent of like say the French Agricultural Ministry there, and they went through everything, checked everything, all the paperwork, all the you know water systems on the trailer, the internal heights, and all that. So really, it's uh, it's really really tightly controlled, and um, probably in one regard, you know, it's it's making it very very difficult to attract new people into the industry because there's just so much uh, hassle involved in it whereas you know if you disembark with a fridge trailer you're down the road you can make a bit of time you don't have any any um kind of hold-ups or any any headaches so it's uh it's it's an industry that you know that gets a lot of a lot of bad press but when you see the amount of um you know dedication and, and uh, time that goes into actually you know meeting all these requirements and some which some which are, are you know necessary and are a good thing but then there's others then which are kind of over the top and they're just kind of you know sort of cosmetic exercises it, uh, it, it definitely makes the makes life kind of unnecessarily difficult for everybody involved but yeah. um one thing about it is you'll notice like this all the all of the trucks all of the gears is top class you know there's um something yes. impressive yeah impressive looking trucks at and they're always making you know new um there's always new developments and new technologies uh, coming into the trailers, and um, like you know, for me, that I, I had been away from it for a little while, so it's it's probably uh, you know it's it's even more difficult just to kind of get back in and, and find your feet again. But after after a couple of loads, you, you get back into it. But um, one thing I've noticed with a lot of the with the new trailers, so you, there's like there's no basically there's no real live export from the UK anymore. It's still. Uh, happens from Ireland, but um, you will still notice trucks coming in with breeding stock from places like Holland, maybe Austria, um, which is you know you need that to, to improve your the quality of your herd. But um, internal deck height is is one of the big issues now at the moment. I and mean, in places like Germany and Austria, they won't load you with the old type trailers. But what you'll notice now is I don't know if you've seen these livestock trailers. They'll be on super singles, Dougie, and the wheels are like uh, sort of cut into the wheel arches are cut into the bodywork. Right. So the idea is that you've got a really, really low deck height, which gives you an internal, um, an internal height of, I think it might be like one point eight meters, something to that effect, um, over your two decks. You know, so you won't load any in the neck, right. and then on the main, on the main decks, you'll have. Mm. But it's all about just giving, giving the cows the, the maximum internal height. And now there's, now there's trucks coming with twin wheels. They're down on little small, like seventeen and a half inch wheels. You'll notice some of those. I'm just looking well. at one um, right now. Houghton Park House. Um, yeah. We're tweeting last week. They've just put a new one on the road. You know, and speaking of like livestock kit and how immaculate it is, and everyone, this is a beautiful Scania S six fifty for a company Unwinds. It's an all blue outfit. It. It's and a that. blue one, isn't it? Yeah, I looked at that this morning, actually. It's a yeah. blue one, yeah. They've sent me the pictures for it so I can put some yeah. in the next um, issue. Yeah. And that has got on it. That's got... Um, it's got three axles on the back, but it looks to me like the front one raises. 
Possibly, yeah. But yeah, it does the front one, the front lift, the front one lifts on that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a smart looking, um, very yeah. smart looking outfit. There's a lot of the dodge involved in that. The difference is um, Houghton Park House. They're they're more they're building trailers, would say for the for the home market, so they won't. Yeah, really they're tall. Yeah, exactly. So the problem is it arises in, um, would say in particular Germany, Austria, Holland, where you uh, have to get under four meters, mm. but at the same time you have to keep the maximum internal height for the animals. So this is why they're going for the small wheels and all this, you know, trailer that are basically you know bottoming out, kind of almost scraping the road in places. But um, it's it's probably a little bit easier for the guys, you know, like the likes of would say the British manufacturers, Houghton, Parkhouse. Um, mm -hmm. One of the other ones now, Plowman, another pretty big manufacturer there as well, Stewart. But um, yeah, this uh, Houghton's definitely produce some very, very nice trailers, that's for sure. Yeah, so I'm just looking at, there's another one there that's skimped through. They've a very nice DAF with a little middle, uh, the little mini midlift on it. Um, that's stunning. They've only got, Houghton Parkhouse have only got um, 51 followers on Twitter. Oh, that's... That's not oh, very much. Somebody okay. follow Houghton Parkhouse. They, they post some lovely pictures of uh, these livestock trucks. So there you go. There's a there's a tip, listeners. <laughs> uh, what have you been driving? Because you were out driving. Um, you were out driving all sorts of different oh, trucks over the past yeah, well, that, few weeks. That was um, so that was a one nine one S six fifty. Uh, just obviously, you know, four by two high line, which was uh, which is quite a nice, nice truck to drive. So when I went down to um, to Spain, I went into, into a Scania garage there, and I got a, an air conditioning pod fitted to the roof of it. So it was a little bit cheaper to get it fitted in um, in Spain, and I had kind of presumed that the I don't know what the Scania system. I know Volvo is I cool Scania is. I park or something is I could I could be wrong about that but um, I, I park cool I think yeah there was something um um one of the operators I do some work for had gone and got aircon pods retrofitted to scanners because there was a mess up on the um the spec list whereby um it was supposed to come with the scanner system but it didn't and yeah, to get okay. it to get the scan to get the scanner system retrofitted after it had been down the production line was mega bucks so okay. they, they got aircon pods fitted but i guess in spain um get fitting aircon pods will be a fact Second of life that'll just be a really yeah they'll, they'll be doing that all the time there so i could see how that's right yeah well this is apparent, cheaper apparently there's two different uh types of systems there's the old water system and then there's the yeah, newer gas right. one so <laughs> yes, yeah this was a good one this, yeah this was fitted in a uh, big scania garage in castellan I can't really remember. I don't remember what the the price was. It was definitely maybe four or five hundred euros cheaper than Ireland. It was a but anyway, it was it was quite a neat installation they did in about four or five hours. But um, really a professional job in in a big Scania garage. They had a waiting room there. But you know the funny thing I noticed was there was about I counted about fifty trucks between would say what they had on the on the forecourt and trucks that were in for service. And of all those trucks, um, I I was driving the only V8. So even though I was down in pretty hilly country down there it was all um r500s r450s that's what the uh what the spaniards were using so i thought that was kind of uh, interesting what did they run it they 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 um they're five yeah. axles 40 tons 40, 40 tons yeah yeah uh, and then i i mean if you're running there's a big case to be made for the 500 the 500s at that sort that sort of weight you know yeah, uh, they'll it, cope with it. that absolutely. No, cope with that absolutely no problem at all. And especially now, yeah. I suppose you, you'll have your five forties creeping in as well. But how did you? That's I mean, right. you've driven, you've driven all a huge variety of Scania's of <laughs> yeah. late. How? Um, you, uh, yeah. With various different um, setups yeah. on them and things. How did you get on with this one? Well, uh, that one, that one was that one went fine. Yeah, it was. Um, what did I have? It had uh, it had a coffee maker and it had, so the coffee maker was in the top left hand uh, press, which I love. I have to say, I love having a coffee maker. I use it um, use a coffee maker all the time, especially if you pull in for a forty five minute break somewhere and you just get that coffee brew. Yeah, me too. First thing in the yeah, great job. Yeah, and I had uh, I had a microwave up in, up the up the front uh, in the middle one, obviously. And um, what else did I have? Yeah, it had uh, so I think I might have mentioned this before. It had a reading 
light on either sides of the bunk, which I thought was great, which all trucks should have. Because I'll often, depending on which way the truck is, if I'm on a slope or if I'm parked and one side is higher than the other, I'll, I'll swap my head around from the drivers mm-hmm. to the passenger side. And um, I noticed as well, so I then the f- after a couple of weeks in that, then I was back in the red 730, which I have in the current issue, um, the red tag axle one. So I just noticed a couple of little differences but- between the 2017 reg red 730 and the 19 reg 650 and one of them there was a couple of little extra cubby holes in the dash little storage pockets in the dash of the 19 reg one which the 17 reg one didn't have so you know where the gear stick is or the uh the gear lever not the gear lever what am i talking about the handbrake lever the handbrake yes well if you did the new one of the electric handbrake um the the 19 reg one had the electric handbrake the other one isn't mm-hmm. the 17 reg one but i asked the guy who owned the 19 reg one he doesn't like did he spec the manual handbrake the old style handbrake or did the electric did he spec you know and he said that that's just the way it came so i still really can't get a, a firm answer on how how you end up with either either one but um just those little cubby holes i thought were quite nice just for putting a little bit of change in and the other thing i noticed was the 19 reg one had a headlight adjustment whereas the 17 reg one didn't Well, like just to move the beam up and down. Move the beam up and down, yeah. Possibly on oh, the door, yeah. It's useful to have that. It's useful, I found, yeah. I found that, but that Volvo that I had, the the little FM four twenty and um, uh, and the Scania. Occasionally, I would get people flashing the lights at That's me right. in cars because yeah. the lights are just so phenomenally bright on them now. Yeah, uh, and I don't know what. I did the, wonder. What I was like, guys, <laughs> guys who, uh, well, not not everybody, but a lot of guys who drive. Uh, you scan your S's, and especially on the motorway, when they're flashing each other, it's like meeting some sort of, a, you know, science fiction X-ray oh, yeah. coming at you. <laughs> they, they, I, like, I, to be honest with you, I'd always, um, if I'm going to flash someone, even your flash someone to pull in, I'll turn off the, the ones in the in the roof and turn off the ones in the grill. And just because the ones in the, it, it, you're just kind of blinding everybody. You meet these guys coming down, the, you're wondering, is there an accident or what's going on? They're like, flash, 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 all these lights. Um, so yeah, def- and definitely no need for spotlights with them anyway. That, that's one thing. The headlights on them are excellent. So what is? Yeah, that was that was probably the um, probably the biggest uh, differences I noticed in them. Um, in in terms of the six fifty versus the seven thirty, look, I, I don't know if I really noticed much of a much of the of a huge difference. Um, the 730 had the power mode switched off in the so it just had standard and eco and the 650 had power mode standard mode and eco but to be honest with you um i never drive those trucks in the in the power mode because it just it actually doesn't even feel enjoyable it just seems to be just kind of revving way too much yeah revving more than you wild yeah yeah it's a bit wild and it doesn't doesn't feel like that's that's not how i want to drive a truck like all all i need to do is um most of the time, I just leave them in. Um, I just leave it in standard mode. Eco is a bit silly sometimes because it, um, it you know, it does all these kind of eco roll stuff, and you pass someone out, and then they're gain on you again. But uh, for me personally, I think all you need to be able to do is just every now and then, maybe if you're coming into a hill, just drop it down into eleven, just put it into manual mode, just drop her so she's not um, just give her a good chance there, and she's plenty of revs as you as you hit the. As you hit the bottom of the hill, and uh, uh, yeah, other than that, it is, it's surprising how how wild power mode is in this yeah, corner. Um, exactly, yeah, exactly. I've, I've spoken to guys as well who are out working on them. I says, "How do you get on with these? Uh, drive it power mode everywhere, big man." No, no, I'm no, like, no, oh wow, no. it must be pretty. It must be pretty tough on the um, drivetrain as well because um, yeah, yeah. They, they, I mean, they didn't. I mean, back up, they don't half go. <laughs> yeah. when you put them into that put, when you when you use that but it is it is a bit much it's like something that would uh, probably come in more handy on a 450 when you're sitting fully freighted when you're needing to ring every last bit out it yeah on that on that big 770 i've mentioned it in the podcast before i i used it like once or twice i put it at, i tried it at the bottom of stainmore as an experiment and i went straight into 10th gear and romped all the way up the hill flat out um which was amazing it put a, a smile on my face but you know yeah, um, I don't know what the MPG it would have done stomping up there doing that. So, well, given uh, that, um, given that the seven 
both of the 730s had driven had the had the power modes um they weren't available they had they had obviously been disconnected that'll probably give you some idea as to how uh how economic <laughs> it would have been but um what else was it driving then um so after oh yeah so the the reds just to, just to talk about where i was in the in that um in that red one i did two trips to france and um with uh with seafood and the second time so actually after the first one i came in i came in through the uk reloaded in the uk and into dublin uh, via hollyhead came off the hollyhead ferry stopped trailers and got straight back on uh, ferry for sherbrook so, um, right, so you, were in, you were back in the UK, but only for a very short period of time. Only for a very short period of time, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it was actually grand, to be honest. I, en- I ended up in, um, I think you've, you've loaded in, uh, in Amazon before, haven't you? Uh, I've loaded in a couple of Amazons. I've been in mm. the one at um, Leicester, and I've been in one uh, um, Dunfermline and Fife. I've been in there. Um, they're popping up all over the place. There's a big... Um, you can see at the side of the motorways in the UK now, there's these enormous super hubs popping up like everywhere. That's right. Uh, yeah. On like Massive. greenfield sites, mm. these huge locations, um, uh, which will obviously, they'll all be getting taken up by places like Amazon and your your big retailers and uh, your big supermarkets and things like that. Um, mm. And they're popping up sort of all over the place with really good what? links off the motorway. And I'm wondering, um, because, I mean, there's been a, in Ireland, you've had them on trial, the longer vehicles where you've got the tractor unit with a trailer and then another trailer at the back. Um, uh, like like a B-double outfit, yeah. Yeah, you've had them in, in Ireland. Has it been running like on uh, just yeah. the ports or something like that? Uh, I think, well... It for, so, uh, full of the pipe, there was a DAF. Caulfield, like, yeah, yellow DAF, Caulfield. Pictures of it, yes. And um, another, guy, another guy called Owen Gavin has one. And um, so that, that one, that yellow DAF, that you're speaking about that runs from, from Dublin to Cork probably wouldn't be a very big weight and um, that's been doing that for quite a while now so I think that's the that's the way I actually I noticed on the latest Volvo UK video they've had um, they've had a 25 meter combination on yep. trial I see Bob Beach was was at it and um, it's on the next issue oh very good yeah hopefully we'll, we'll see some of those I look I think they're they're quite cool and you see loads of those in Holland I uh, was in mm-hmm. the place I loaded in, um, or what was it, un- unloaded in Holland. It was, um, they were doing uh, a lot of you know, refrigerated trucks, and they had a DAF CF, just normal rigid refrigerated with a, with a you know, full 25 metre outfit pulling a 45 foot trailer on a, on a tandem axle dolly. So it, it just goes to show that you don't really, you don't really need massive horsepower um, just because it's, it's 25 metres, and, and they're pretty maneuverable as well. I'd expect I mean, it, not saying I've driven one, but uh, yeah, so. I mean, you, you've driven road trains in Australia, so, you know, these things are not a... Yeah, uh, would yeah. be Would be no problem to to, to you. I, uh, I, do well, one, I do think um, if they're going to come onto the UK roads and trial them and things, with it, all these hubs being built right at the side of motorways will lend themselves well to having yeah. these longer vehicles in the road. I do wonder if it might be a requirement for something else on your driving license. Like, I don't know if you'd maybe need C plus E plus E. Um, and I don't know yeah. if there'd be any other regulations around them. I was speaking to Bob, and he'd mentioned, he said, I wonder if they would maybe consider limiting them to 50 miles an hour on the motorway. And I was like, well, if you do that, then you're not going to be able to trunk a lot of stuff from Scotland effectively True. to... The north of England yeah. because fifty is going to be too slow. Um, what I've noticed in Spain, they have them in Spain, and uh, what they have is they have a couple of beacons on the back of them, on the rear, so you know it's uh, it's one of those extra long combinations. Which is you know once they're not kind of those real, uh, you know beacons which are which are too eye catching. I think it's you know it's probably probably no harm. But um, uh, who else? Yeah, I saw Stuart Nickel interviewed in that video, and and he was. Um, Explaining about how many loads a night they do from mm-hmm. from Scotland down into into uh, into England, it was fifty or something. He said that could be reduced down to thirty five. So when you start looking at those kind of figures, you really really right. see, and especially the likes of the long parts of the M six, there is no reason you're putting up those out ah, there. You get uh, the the anti sort of truck lobby and things, environmentalists. 
and things like that said, oh, we don't want these and everything. And like, yeah, but actually, it's an extremely effective way of taking lorries off the road and the reducing emissions. It's a, it's it's um, yeah, it's a, it's the it, people like a, a clever um technical sort of electronic solution like platooning or something like that. But the fact is, if you can use bigger trucks and have less of them, then it's better. It makes, better. Makes we have. Sense. Well, We've all you have to do is trucks that can do it now. So look at um, look at a, like a really progressive uh, country like uh, the Netherlands, for example, who are um, exactly very all environmentally those... friendly, very efficient with everything, and um, and they're running them. So I think that's where we need to be looking, and not this uh, you know platooning and all these mad ideas. You know, let's let's start with something a bit more realistic, and and also something that looks a lot cooler as well. So. Uh, um, but the reason I was just mentioning Amazon there, um, uh, I was I've been in there a couple of times now, and um, you know, far from be it for me to be always uh, giving out over places and high visits and this, which I probably do a little bit in my in my team truck and driver. But um, I'm certainly now, not a fan of the high vis yet. <laughs> well, actually, when I drove in there, the, the, uh, I think apparently you're supposed to have your hazard lights on as well as driving. Well, that, see, now that's one of the that's one of my pet hates uh, when it comes to. Um, transport and having to drive into yards, having to drive about with your hazard warning lights on. I was sure, you know what I mean? Someone, someone, someone may not be able to see uh, a, a full length articulated bright red and white or blue and yellow truck, whatever it is, sneaking along with its lights on and its Xenon lights on. At, um, in fairness, I have no problem. I think it's a great idea. Whatever the speed limit is there, 10, 15 kilometers an hour, I have absolutely no problem with that. I always drive uh, slowly in around yards uh, especially where there's people around that makes complete sense but putting your hazard lights on come on now you oh. can't well the problem is that you can't put your indicator on to indicate to somebody that you're pulling to the side or to advise him to drive just, around just past you just silly but uh, um th- that aside uh, 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 sorry yeah just uh, that that aside um I, you know what not a bad not a bad place to go at all you go around the guy there, what is it? What do they call it? The, the yard marsh or whatever. He tells you to go onto the bay, and then um, then they give you the cho- well. I'm not sure if they give you the choice or not, but basically you can't stay in in the cab, which is whatever. That's fine. If you want to stay in the cab, I think you can unhook the trailer. And oh geez, the last thing mm-hmm. I want to be doing, I've been, especially if I've been in a truck all day, you know, doing a nine hour break, or whatever. I, I definitely don't want to line it any longer. So um, just into the to have a grand little waiting room there, free coffee, Wi-Fi. And I went in there and then I discovered actually there's really clean showers here as well. Of course, I left my shower bag out in the in the truck. So I walked back around again, asked the guy, um, you know, with any chance to be able to get me uh, keys just to get my shower bag. And he says, well, the keys are inside. And I said, I have the problem, don't worry about it. No, no, hang on. He says, I'll go and get the keys. Got the keys, got my shower bag in. Got... So I was, um, I have to say now, uh, it, was, it was in comparison to some of these big places you're going, mm. you know, they were treated quite well. So um I was, I was Good. quite impressed. No, that, um, that, no, that's all right. No, I didn't have any, any uh, major... When I was in last year with that Actros one, well, I did spend ages getting the trailer wet, um, in a tight little spot right in the corner of the yard where one of the shunters had told us to put it. And no sooner had I got it in there and dropped it after much shunting, somebody else came up to me and went, what have you put that there for? And I'm like, well, because you told me to. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's to go in Bay 38. And I'm like, right, okay, fine, right, okay. Yeah. But I mean, apart from that, they're pretty cool. I mean, I was out two weeks ago with the Iveco S way, the 460, and I was in a variety of places, and everywhere I went, everybody was pretty chilled out, you know, with the whole mm. coronavirus thing on. It was pulled, I was just wearing a snood, pull the snood up over your face. You were allowed to sit in the cabs of the trucks. Yeah. Um, nobody's been driving off bays or doing anything stupid or anything no. like that, because um, it was yeah. all pretty civilised, and I never, I never had any major. Well, I never had any uh, issues or complaints at all in terms of customers or suppliers. The whole week no, I was out. That's good to hear. On on the opposite end of the of the scale, actually, um, shipped into Killingholm from Hoka Holland on I think it was the next trip, and um, Jesus, what a place to, to, to try and get out of in the morning, Killingholm. And I, it took us a full it took me a full hour and a half from when we began to drive off the ship until we actually got out the front gate. Jeez, so, uh, what was that? Uh, what was that for? What was that to do with? That was to do with um, just uh, I don't know security, just checking passports and having a dog run around the trailers. And um, so as as I pulled up today, would say the the little booths where that was taking place. And um, you know, uh, 
is there anything more annoying than someone telling you to do something that you're already doing? So just someone <laughs> standing there, right, waving you, like, to come on, to come forward. I'm thinking, well, that's what I'm doing already. Like, and obviously I know I have to go forward. So there's a little, little sort of a little yellow box junction with kind of doors into, a, into a, some sort of a warehouse that nobody was obviously driving into. And I just managed to drive probably a foot forward onto the yellow box. And whoever the, uh, you know, dog's body that was doing the directing oh. started throwing a tantrum, go back, go back. And I just said, I'm, I'm not going back. Like, and uh, meanwhile, his, his partner started to have kind of a uh, natter off at me. And I just, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And I just started, I just put up the window as uh, as, <laughs> as they were shouting. But um, just a, such a place. So then, you, <laughs> then, you, then you pull up to the um, where you show your passport. So I can switch off the engine. Yeah, I always, that's fine. Like, just before I switched off the engine, can you switch off the engine? Yeah, yeah, I always switch off the engine. And can you take your keys out of the ignition? Yeah, I can take the keys out of the ignition. Now, can you pass your keys to this guy? So there's a guy on the ground with a little cup. You need to pass your keys to him. All right. And yeah, exactly. This, yeah. This, is because you've, this is because you've disembarked the ferry. No, this is because you're at the little booth where you have to show your passport. Right, okay. Um, Even though I wasn't sitting, not, I, had not, cross, not... I had to cross to the passenger side because the boot was on the left. They're Even not loading you or un- unloading you. No, no, they were just looking at the passport. How's so that to, all about? Uh, Answers on exactly, a postcard. That's exactly the look I had on my face. So I had to put the, put the keys into a little bowl. The guy stepped away from the truck with the keys in the bowl. I think a dog ran around the truck. And then he came back and, uh, and he handed me the key. And he said, yes, you can take your keys now. So it's like, oh, gee. You know, I, wonder, I wonder if someday in a furious rage is driven off, although that really, really wouldn't work at all if they had your passport. No, yeah. I don't know, but I, I didn't that's a, that's the a, guy, a weird I, one, not. I was just about kind of, I just about had enough of it, like, and I wasn't really saying it, and the guy <laughs> in the, who checked my passport, he also noticed my camera on the dash, and says, oh, you're in with photography, I, I and I didn't see it, and next thing I said, oh, yeah, the camera, yeah, yeah, we started talking about cameras, everything was fine then. <laughs> we all kind of sat alone but actually as, as I was driving out that's just something I've just thought of now. as I was driving out there um, there's a lot of guys picking up drop trailers from the port so um, mm. you just come out there I think just been between two roundabouts it was just kind of behind a truck with a, he was after picking up a, a curtain cider and I said I won't go past him in case you know I don't get out I'm not faster than him or you know I don't get out before him the next roundabout I'll just mm. sit in here and uh, I was kind of sorry I did because uh, a lump of ice came off the top of the curtain cider Hit the windscreen, oh. put, a little, put a little crack in the visor. I think put a little crack in the windscreen. That I'm not sure. I don't think it was there before. So, yeah. What do you do? Oh, Nothing. nightmare. What is the story with yeah. that? Actually, if something comes off the truck and, and it's it's not like that. Guy if you've got it on dash cam, I, I I don't know because I've thought about that before. You've picked up like trailers in the yard and there's snow yeah. on the roof of the curtain side. What yeah. are you supposed to do? Climb up there and sweep well, it all off? Yeah. So I, I, I don't honestly. I mean, um, I can't blame you. Know what you're supposed he, to do with it, you know. Yeah, it wasn't the dash cam, but at the end of the day, I was kind of going back with a cracked visor, and um, I just, you know, I told the told the, the guy who owns the truck, and, you know what? I said, look, if you want to look at it, it's on the dash camera there, but I, I'd kind of put it down to maybe being, I don't know, what you want to call it an act of God or whatever, an act of nature or mother nature. But uh, uh-huh. anyway, that was that was the story there. It's all all fun and games. Hmm. Uh, I think our. Um... I believe it's killing home that our um, own Chris Madison. I believe he, well, that was exactly he'd be doing a lot of work, doing a yeah. lot of work. He'd do a lot of work out of there, although he's not that's so right. much at the moment. He's out doing some different bits and pieces, getting a wee yeah. changes as good as a rest. That sort of. Well, next time, um, next time he's things. on, ask, ask him if he's on. Maybe he, if he's not coming out with a busy time and he's just pulling out drop trailers, he probably has no hassle. But um, any of the guys I spoke to, the ferry said, "Oh yeah, it's an awful place." So, um, mm. To try and get out in the morning, but uh, anyway, what we end? What we end for? Did you? What, what way did you go back out? Like uh, leave the country? Sorry, oh sorry, from there. I went. Yeah, you came into killing home. Where did you yeah, go after? And then that? across the Hollyhead. Hollyhead. Across the Hollyhead, I got pulled in there by the um, lovely DVSA. DVSA. Yeah, just give me a little wee tug there around a place called Buckley uh, at Chester, and um, oh, I. Yeah, I think it might have been Irish there. There, there was two other Irish trucks there. So, um, oh, they're quite active around um, that part, yeah. that part around sort of the A5 Telford and things as well. I've seen them around there quite a lot because I used to use yeah. that road. 
um, a lot running up from the to get back into Kingspan. Sometimes mm. M5 would be that knackered. I would go away up through Kidderminster and away up all the back roads and be surprised. Okay. At, well, I'd be, I, I was surprised at how many DVSA vehicles I would see around yeah. sort of that well, nor- north of um, North Wales and Chester and all that kind of part yeah, of the world. Sure. Yeah, all, in, all in good, all in good order. Then you were good to go. Always, doggy. Didn't it? Wasn't it asking think... you? Yeah, you're, you're, but they do. For, DVSA enforcement follow us, and they follow me personally um, oh. on um, Twitter as well. So I'm like, ah, I, right. Well, I've always you know wondered what? if any of them read the magazine. Like, I might get yanked one day when I've got a demonstrator, just because <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah, wait a minute. That's, 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 that's. Well, you that's why I was. That's why I was strapping a load of um, bloody uh, super light insulation uh, the week before last. So everybody else had XL curtains and I had this banger of a trailer. So I was strapping the load and they were like, you'll no need to strap that. And I says, I do because I've not got XL curtains. Um, ah, and I said, I says, this truck's all over This truck's all over social media as well. So yeah. you never know. that Somebody for the DVSA know. might spot it and go, let's just have a look at that. And that wouldn't look very good well, for me. Well, there, there was a 2006 <laughs> Reg... I think it might have been a little daft rigid in front of me. And he, he had um, like a little beaver tail body with ramps and he had uh, know, like an old I don't know, conveyor belt system that he was after picking up and he was bringing back to Ireland for refurbishment. So they were giving yeah, him a fair old going over. They will do, they'll be... It was old, but to be fair, oh. it looked tidy and they were underneath it, hammers and they were giving him all sorts of grief. So I think they sort of more or less concentrated on him. But the first thing they asked me were, were uh, driving license... And driver's card. Now, bearing in mind that uh, I was well behind on all those CPCs when I uh, when I first came back from Australia, I didn't really do much about it there mm. for probably a long time. And I'd never really heard of anybody asking for them. It was only when um, I was on a trip down to Spain, I was talking to a few guys, and I heard about someone getting done for, I don't know, something like 800 quid or possibly Yikes. more in Spain. For Yeah, well, which wouldn't be, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't doubt it for Spain. And um, mm. I said, you know, I need, to, I need to get my house in order. So I did about three of them on the trot. And uh, I have to say, that was the first thing he asked for. I saw. I was, quite, I was quite glad I actually had the card. He did ask I said, for well, the good. It, card. Yeah, yeah, it's worth having it. And um, he took away all the paperwork from the truck and came back. So yeah, that's that's fine. Away you go. And, good um, stuff. I, made, uh, I, I, made I know with trucks, the, the like, uh, reco- re- well, recovery trucks obviously come under. You get a lot of... Um, exclusions with recovery trucks whereby you don't necessarily need to run a tachograph you don't need an operator's license for them yeah, and things yeah. but you can only use them for recovery it doesn't cover you for doing hire and reward car transportation That's right, and yeah, if they see a recovery truck with anything other than a vehicle in the back of it like equipment mm. then you're definitely getting pulled because mm. they'll be wanting to see what the score is the we score went, is with it <laughs> we went through a long a long uh, prolonged period here uh, where was every second truck on the road pulling any sort of a flat trailer or a low loader had recovery written up on, on it. So I think, they were, I think they were paying a lot cheaper road tax as well. But uh, I don't think too many were doing recovery. But I don't see as much of that going on anymore. So like everything, it's getting tightened up. Well, what else were we driving then lately? So then I went from that then, all of a sudden then I, I drove three old model Scania's I drove an 06 R580 4x2 left over top line uh, did a trip down to France and that out in and out direct and then last week I was driving I drove an R480 flat roof mid lift 6x2 and then I drove an R500 top line mid lift um, How are you getting on with the, the older Scania's because some of the some of the guys um, reckon that they, they prefer that um they prefer the build of the old shaped truck. They find it like a more substantial sort of solid, well, probably solid thing compared to the, the next gens. Probably the the last would say of the older of the older generation. So, um, you know, this maybe fifteen, sixteen reg those that that era. Yeah. But going back to those those um those old those old ones, those sixes, those sevens, or eights, like I personally for me back back in that era, like Volvo were. Volvo would have been um, the, the truck of my choice anyway, just in, in terms of comfort. And um, I just noticed with a lot of those older ones, like they, it's like they, that strut underneath the seat um, doesn't really work properly. Okay. So you're going over bumps and, and it's not really absorbing any, any shock at all. And uh, I don't really find it that comfortable. Bit of a mixture then. So they were all manuals and, and one of them had a, 
gearbox. Mm. I couldn't couldn't get on with it at all. Didn't like it. And then two of them had gearboxes which were really nice to change. So um, yeah, kind of mixed. Yeah, some were nice, some were some were kind of not so nice. And, and we've got a lot of yeah, pretty shitty. I do wonder. Ones. Usually, like a good Scania yeah. manual gearbox should just mm. like fall into gear. It should be yeah. quite nice and tight. But yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, one did, but I, there there obviously must be something that wears in there and, and it can make a big difference to um how they, like, how they i mean drive. they were getting drummond distribution i used to do a lot of driving for had um they had a, a i think they had maybe five at one point r440 manuals mm. and they were they were um, nice enough things to drive they were they weren't performance wise they weren't that great because there were those there were the ones that were pre-ad blue so the egr kept clogging up in them and giving problems but the gearboxes like yeah. and a couple of them they'd been ragged that badly by the agency guys who couldn't drive them one of them the gear stick had been bent that badly that it was just about touching the dash because they, they didn't know the difference mm. between the splitter switch and the range change so they would oh, just the thing would be going and they just, actually, bent the gear lever that badly out of shape and uh, so I do, ne- ne- I needless do, yeah. to say I do have a automatics not long after that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, well, that's that, that. That is the crack. And and actually, if, if I'm being completely honest, um, it, it had been that long since I, since I drove a Scania, um, since I drove a Scania uh, with a manual box. Um, I was in the yard, would say, of the the first one of those I drove, and, and I had to drive it across the yard to top it up with diesel. So I took off, and um, the last time I'd driven a manual was uh, was a ZF, you know, a slap across. So you don't have the range change; you just have the splitter on the side of it. So I put the I put the scanny into what gear was, and I thought, what was that? That had the slap across on it. What was that? Mercedes Benz. Right. Ah, yeah. yes, the Mercedes. Yes, <laughs> old school. Old school. Old school. Old school. Proper. Yeah. But um. Anyway, so he said, yes, yeah, pull across with throw drop a diesel into it, and I thought, grand. Yeah. Make sure I do this right now. So uh, put it into. I think I put it into. Yeah, I said, you know, I was on the bounce. I put it into third. You know, should be in the in the low box should be grand, and then um, that that feels a bit high. Maybe we'll go into first. And I was like, I just had started to take off. That feels a bit high. Oh shit! I'm in the high box. I forgot the you know the little splitter, <laughs> not the splitter, the high low on the front. So I had to stop again while he's looking at me, thinking, yeah, this dad reckons he can drive, and, and here he is taking off the high box. So I went across and, and I said, yeah, I hope you don't judge me on that. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's been a while, you know, but um, yeah. So I was, that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, what would your top priorities be? In terms of um, how you'd evaluate a truck, so evaluate it yeah. as a driver. As a driver, uh, yeah, you, I, you can you can have a little second to think as about it. As a driver, it, I mean, because obviously, aye, I've asked, I mean, I've asked a few guys in Ireland and um, what their top priorities would be, and uh, it was V eight, V eight, V eight for all of the answers. I mean, so. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're taking the fuel economy and your sort of various like part costs out the equation, no, I'm, I'm talking um, about the driver, as an owner, not as, an, not, as, an, not as uh, an operator, not as, as like a driver. an operator. Nah, I mean, I driver. like. Um, What's your number one? Uh, the number one, the number one thing, um, probably. Um, for me, I don't know how you would describe it. It's such a neat term, like the the driver, like the drive the drivetrain <laughs> system, no. the drivetrain systems in the vehicle. Um, like, do I get on with it all right? Um, okay. Has, well, it, has it got has it got any modes that it keeps putting itself into or trying to override me with things? Um, okay. So that you, I would put drivetrain, uh, and then they'd be like. Um, uh, the sort of space, uh, the comfort, and the layout of the interior. You know, yeah. I like. Um, they're, yeah. they're the most important things to me. Um, okay. Overall performance. Um, it kind of ties into drivetrain a bit as well sure, because, yeah. like as I was sure, with that Iveco, it was only a four sixty eleven liter, two thousand one hundred newton meters of torque. Nothing that mm. nothing huge about it but it was really it was willing it wanted to like push on the gearbox software was well set it wanted to yeah, go yeah. it wasn't like strangled with anything and it, um good drive like had a good driving position um all the switches and everyone were where i needed it um uh, good positions for the cup holders and all that so it, um all that stuff worked with me so it's kind of that mm. kind of that kind of overall package. I'm not bothered in the slightest about what badges on the front of something, um, <laughs> and I'm not. But yeah, um, yeah. 
And I'm not bothered about very, like whether or not it's got skirts on the side of it or alloy wheels or anything no, like that. I want to, well, I want it to drive well and for me to be comfortable um, in it. Yeah. Um, aye. There you go. So for I mean, me, I think I probably put the first thing when I get in is um, what's the seat like? Is it a comfortable seat, or is it something that's going to leave you with a you know bent over back once you get out of it? And uh, so basically. Yeah, a nice seat that's properly suspended or properly sprung, mm-hmm. and um, also, or I can have a nice steering wheel as well. A steering wheel that's nice, that feels nice in your hand. So uh, a leather steering wheel can make an awful difference. I think even if the rest I, of the I find cab um, is pretty standard. In some like older trucks, and you've got like a manky steering wheel, you don't see it so much any. Well, I haven't <laughs> seen it for a while, but on the dafts and the Fodens, like the leather would wear off. So they would yeah, rip, yeah. they would rip the leather off the steering wheel. So you'd have this bald, smooth thing underneath, That's and then it would yeah. like, and then it would like come loose. So you could like grab the top of the steering wheel and like twist it and like bend it. Like, oh. right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's not. There's a guy actually in uh, down in Kilkenny here. I think he's retrimming uh, leather steering wheels and retrimming seats and that. But um, yeah, for me, definitely the seat driving position, comfort. Yeah. That that'd be the top things I'd be looking for. And then after that, I'd say it would be. How it actually steers? Does it pull to the left? Does it pull to the right? Does it drive straight ahead? And um, just the general feel of the steering, how how light it is, and that's kind of after that, you know, they're the main things I'd be looking for. After that, it's like, yeah, okay, if it if it pulls well, that's that's a bonus, but it's not really, it's not the top of the list, you know. Um, no, as long as as long as I'm not like, as long as it's not like um, underpowered, as long as I'm not giving you. Uh, as, lo- as long as they've not given me like a 400 or a 410 to go and pull 44 tonnes all week, you know, I'm quite, I was yeah, quite happy with that 460, um, yeah, doing away in that, mm-hmm. and that's me jumping right out a 770 super truck, you know, the most yeah. powerful truck you can get, so. Were you as blown yeah, away uh, with, with, with the 770 as people uh, would be asking you? Uh, it, 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 I, I mean, it's easy to see why people get religious about them, you know, it, it, it's a phenomenal mm-hmm. product, um, and it's, um, you've got to, pay some tribute to Scania's engineers who've managed to get all that power to be produced so smoothly and get the truck to work on the mm. road so flawlessly. I mean, we are never seeing what that truck can really do no. at our weight. You need to go and weigh it up. Of course. I yeah. mean, well, you could if you're working in special types work, doing mm. um, heavy stuff, 80 tonnes or whatever. But over in Sweden, 65 tonnes, that's where those trucks will come into their own. You're not really going to see any difference between no. a 650, 660 and the 770 out like normal running in the UK. Um, That's right, yeah. But I, know I, re- I really enjoyed it. I, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't turn one down um, if somebody was to no, <laughs> somebody no. was to offer me one, put it that way. No, um, but, uh, still not, I'm still, I'd still rather have the R cab. Like I say, I'm not very big. I don't take mm. up a lot of space. So I would rather have the lower cab height with a step in the middle, um, well, well, as I opposed actually, to the flat floor. Yeah, I haven't That's driven... That's just my personal preference. I haven't driven a new model, a new generation R yet, and I sent you a picture during the week of... Uh, you did. ...guy down in Cork with a brand new R70, R770 normal cab, so not a highline, call it a flat roof if you want, but an R normal tag axle, which is going to be doing milk collections. And apparently there's another one on the way, so... Um, I don't know how many of those you'd have in the UK yet. Probably not, not very many. That's for no, sure. I've not seen. I've no. not seen any R seven seventies in the UK as of yet. No. It's all um, so. Yeah, actually, thus far, yeah, that's speak. a crack. I've got the picture of it up just now. It's a cracking looking thing. That an R seven seventy. Yeah, that's that's just doing tag axle, so normal yeah. roof. Um, so, I well, um, there's. I think the driver that's on it is a pretty long standing driver. It mightn't be that overly. Ah, uh, got as a concerned yeah, about the apparently there's another one yeah. there's another one yeah exactly uh, there's another one coming for a guy that would probably have a fair bit of interest in him so I might uh, have his number might give him a ring and see if he wants to do a little little feature on it and actually um, hopefully later on in the week I'm going down to do um, a feature on a brand new FH16 750 uh, cattle truck rigid and drag with uh, old bodies all the, all the bells and whistles uh, full air suspension Bull bars, you name it. Um, so oh, good that's stuff. Good just, stuff. Yeah, it's maiden voyage is going to be on hopefully tomorrow or Thursday. 
So I've been staying around pretty local this week with a view to going down and doing that. I've just finished off writing an article. Well, when I say finished, I've got all the, the bones of it done. Did you ever start writing an article and one that you just know it's just going to be kind of difficult to write and where other ones start to write themselves? Oh, oh yeah. Um, yeah. Less, I mean... Um, I have had like more um, difficult ones and I used to write sort of longer uh, pieces than what I do for truck and driver. Like if you're writing mm. a driver's diary when I've driven a truck for a week, I, that just, That's you don't easy. need to consult your notes or anything. No, it just goes exactly. Much. You don't have to do any straight, research. And, straight yeah, in. Um, yeah, when, you're in, when you're trying to um, interview like several people and bring things together, it can be more. Um, bring it all together. And, and, um, and so but, um, I had to just so that's, dedicate that's this good. morning. You've got that. I hope the... You'd sent me a picture because I've got, well, I've got quite a few things coming in to be published from you, but you sent me that lovely picture of the MAN. Um, That's exactly what, the, yeah. The, the you're done. MAN 640. Yeah. That looks, that, looks fanta- that looks fantastic, and it looked like a nice sunny day. I mean, I, tell you, I mean, your weather's well, pretty much the same as ours, but I don't know, I am absolutely sick of the weather so far this year <laughs> because it still feels like winter. I've got, I'm working for home at the moment, Um yeah. And I've got the red. I've still got the bloody heating on in May, and I'm just. I'm really starting to look forward to this convoy on the plane event that we've got at Thruxton in the south of England in July. Because definitely going ahead, or a, remains to be seen. Definitely, definitely, definitely going ahead. I mean, okay. in England, they had a, they had a rave at the weekend with three thousand people at it as a controlled. So they like to have been there. Thing. Uh, the rave, not really. I probably would have felt very old if I was there, to be honest with you. <laughs> I reckon there would have been a few, a few people of of, uh, of of your vintage there, though. Uh, there probably, there probably was, I. But uh, the convoy and the plane looks like it's going ahead, and I'm just desperately good, yeah. needing a bit of sunshine and a bit of yeah. like, um, well, normality, you know? Just the MAN was, um, I had, I kind of sized up what the weather was going to be like and looked pretty good for the week, and um, that guy with the, with, she's the first. Well, one of the first, maybe the first uh, six forty man in the country. So, um, mm-hmm. I yeah, I just went up there on a beautiful uh, was that last Saturday? I think it might have Saturday, last Saturday week, and um, yeah, we got it out and got some really nice photographs. Driver was was, was very willing, and we took her for a drive around and we just passed a, a nice field of of yellow of of, of, um, of rapeseed oil and, uh, or. Let's see, whatever you call it, drove in and got some nice photographs mm. there. No. And, um, yeah, it just looks when you, especially now when you're looking at it, really kind of a cloudy. Uh, pictures, uh, pictures look fantastic of it. That'll yeah. be one for our yeah, um, June, July, August, August issue, which I've, I'm, mm. we're working in June. We're working in June at the moment, believe it or not. Okay, so yeah, well, it's, 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 it's I have crazy I have how fast it. <laughs> done and that, done and that this morning, and um, and a little bit of an update for you about the. The precast, and then we'll have the. Um, hopefully, I get to shoot that seven fifty this week. That'll be a nice uh, bro, one. Going bro, to go no, it's nice to get a bit of. Yeah. Oh, you're going out with the driver. Ah, uh, brilliant! It's good to get a good bit of variety. Uh, yeah, variety just, in the magazine. I was um, planning out the next issue, and I'm like, mm. yes, perfect. We've got all seven manufacturers plus a food, and yes, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Which manufacturers do you uh, would be the ones that you you get the least of? I pres- I presume. Iveco, basically. Mercedes. Renault. Iveco and Mercedes, I would say. MANs are starting to filter in now. There's there's quite a lot of guys um, uh, will invest uh, time and effort into Renault Range T highs. I have now Mm. got quite a lot of Iveco S-ways lined up. Um, To be honest, the the one that we we struggle for the most right now at the moment is Mercedes. I was thinking about Um, that. It's been a while since it's been a nice Mercedes, so I'll have to see if I can... Yeah, I dig some up. Nice I don't know if I, I don't know if um, the last one we had one on the cover last year, which was a Dempsey of Corks. That's right. The yeah. red one, the red one that we had, but it wasn't like a new shape one, like an MP5 with the cameras on it or anything like that. Mm. Um, there was one that I did find on Twitter, Ferryman's, but that's going in commercial motor, so I couldn't get it. But I've got to wait for commercial okay. motor yeah. to use it first. But a- if anybody's listening that knows of any nice Mercedes trucks yeah. that would like to be in truck and driver, please, as always, get in touch because. Um, Always looking for as much variety. Let's say the Scania's, the Volvos, and the DAFs tend to take care of themselves. Um, have you seen the new? Speaking of DAFs, have you seen the new DAF? I've only seen the disguise the, um, the, the sky, yeah, but not the, not no, not the finished finished product. But um, it's, so it's too early to say really what it's going to look like. 
Aye, there's, I mean, there's, there's pictures of it in disguise and people are like, it looks like a Scania, but that's what people say all the time. And you've got to remember when the next gen <laughs> Scania came out, people slagged it off. They were like, that. it was like, they were people were really negative about it. Um, and it was the same with the version 4 Volvo. That wasn't by any means popular. Uh, but once they, once they get them into fleets and start seeing them with traditional liveries, people are like, oh, well, actually, I, I like that and everything. But I, the standard response for any new truck launch is, it looks like a Scania. The DAF, interestingly, are playing with mirror cams. They've got the cameras on the truck. Um, that's not to say that it'll launch with it, because all the manufacturers have had an experiment with okay, mirror cams. Okay. But mm-hmm. uh, so far, um, Mercedes are the only ones who are willing to accept the compromises that are coming with it at the moment. So Yeah, I've noticed uh, someone in Ireland ordered I think, four or five new Mercedes-Benz and they all came with the with the standard mirrors. So I'm just wondering if yeah. how it's going to look for the future. Will, which will it be? You know, well, will it be sort of a mix of both? Or I know, well, I know the technology still has to develop a bit, a bit more for the mirror cam, but... I think it, you'll probably get it by a mix of sort of both. The, the problem <laughs> you've got is that at the moment, the, the, on the Mercedes, the... Um, the speed of the camera, like the shutter speed of the lens, will make lights flicker. So cars That's look right. like yeah, yeah. sirens yeah. quite a lot. And also there needs to be something like a, a, a jet of like compressed air to go and blow water off the lens. And, yes, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. And there mm. needs to be, um, if it's going to like take, if it's going to black the truck out, then I think that you need to keep spare mirrors, like emergency mirrors, like, kept somewhere in the truck that would just bolt on sure. the side of it personally I, and I'm not, um, aesthetically I'm not really sold on how a truck looks without mirrors maybe it's just because we're so programmed to looking at mirrors on a truck uh, and it's, it's almost not, like they're, they're part of it but well, it's, no, it's, mm. it's no use if you go and bash uh, the camera off one of them and it takes a week to get the parts and get it back on the road whereas by with a mirror it would take you would be back on the road that same day it's, um, oh, yeah. the, there's yeah, a way yeah. to go with it yet but I say DAF I know Renault have had an experiment with it Iveco have had an experiment um, and so have, um, have Scania mm. as well you know they've all, they've all had a look but they're just not convinced as as of as of yet so yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the anyway, Mercedes so thing, it worked all right. It just wasn't brilliant, you know. I was like, this could be better. So I, I would what? just prefer to have normal mirrors at this point. What? At this point in time, that's just yeah, my personal opinion. Right. Just to just to uh, to end on a, on, a, on a different note, when am I going to get this um this new this beautiful black seven fifty that you have in the in the current issue? I like that one actually. I have to say that the new black, five is quite smart. Yeah. Nice, the one that Bob Beach uh, is driving there. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only putting you on the spot there. But, I'm not, I'll ask the que- I can ask the question, <laughs> but that one's probably been in gone. Um, yeah, yeah, might yeah. might be might be able to sort you out with um, a 540 dual clutch. Oh yeah. I don't know what the deal is with Volvo's going across to um, oh, the probably, Volvo UK fleet going to Ireland. I don't know. I'd have to find out. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, have you seen yeah. Connor? Have you seen Connor Jennings's um, new S-Way? Stavros did the video on it. No, I haven't seen uh, that yet. What is the oh, it's, it's a da- dark metallic blue Iveco S-Way 570. Oh, yeah. It's a new oh, long right. haul commercials demonstrator. And it's a mm, beautiful looking thing. It's by far and away the yeah. best looking right-hand drive S-way that's been done so far. Oh, uh, right. It's got skirts on it and the extra light bars and things, and it just yeah, looks... Yeah, it does a nice job on them. Mm. Spot on, aye. Yeah, uh, we'll need to go over and see that. Well, uh, Connor was looking to line me up with one of his customers so I could go and drive for them once I get my Irish passport. <laughs> of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, sure. <laughs> Come ahead. Once, work once here, I get that, that and I've changed my, name, changed my name to Doogie O'Rankin. O'Rankin, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I'm actually, I just got a call earlier... I think I was. Well, I've been home. I've been home. Funny, yeah. I'm just trying to get all these articles done and th- different things photographed. And um, I kind of, I, I kind of caved today. A guy uh, rang me to see what I got. Go out the weekend in an S five twenty left hooker with a lot of fish. So mm-hmm. that's what we're we're sort of oh. twisting the arm to do that. So I was, I was kind of a willing enough sort of accomplish, uh, accomplice to that one. The weather doesn't look to be too fantastic. So. Hopefully we can get this SA sixteen. Oh well, what, in the what bag else would you be doing anyway? You know, do that uh, the weekend. Well, yeah, true. Well, I have to go and unbox my uh, the the latest uh, delivery here from the postman. That's going to be the next thing. Uh, well, what's that? Is it truck related? Yeah, of course. Right. It's uh, so. Do you remember the Volvo XL seventy? Um, no, 
what is it like an anniversary edition of the FH? Yeah, you're getting warm. So it was the version one they did. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think there was any right hand drive. They were all left hookers. It was um, so version one FH twelve. I'm sure they were all four by twos. Uh, they were in kind of a nice metallic green, and the interior then had um, had a really light kind of a kind of a yellowy sort of a bit of a, a sort of yellow that sort of a light, really light kind of a color mm-hmm. um, on the steering wheel and, and on the back of the seats. So I'll probably get to be a bit of a collector. You've got one. Model form. One to fifty scale. <laughs> um, there is one actually came in from Italy there lately in, into Ireland into Dublin. Um, probably needs a bit of work. Well, yeah, so uh, the XL, XL7. Where did you get that from? No sense. There's, there's, there's um, a bit of interest in models from our, um, for the readership, you know. People are saying, why do yeah. you feature in much in models? And I'm, well, That's right. We do the Search Impex model every month as a star story in the magazine, but if no, people send it. us if people send us stuff about truck models, then we'll cover well, models. If you don't send you what, us it, then we won't why do, do it. Why don't, so, I set, why don't I set the ball rolling and send you a little... Little, you go um, for it, and we'll see if anybody picks that up and sends us some more model stuff. I about go the XL seventy. Um, a lot of people will know about that. Just um, if you wanted to send you a short little Perfect, piece, nice. yeah. So that's what we're going to do now. Going to unbox that. that. Spot on. And um, cool. Yeah. So well, nice been, to talk to you again. Catch up with you. Yeah, we good yeah. to catch up with you again. I look forward to reading your next uh, team truck and driver update and seeing um, the, the FH16 and all that. Uh, safe travels and hopefully I can catch up with you again soon. Yeah, same to yourself. Thanks very much, Dougie. Good to see you. Okay, I'll catch you later. Cheers, bye bye. All the best. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.